Have you or anyone you know ever been emotionally destroyed by a book? Have you ever got the feels for a fictional character? Have you ever been hung over by an all-night book binge? Then pull up a seat, pour yourself a glass, and hang on to your Kindle. This is Drinking Ink. Hey friends, Mia here. Before we jump into the episode, I just wanted to drop in with a note on our content. While books are for everyone, this podcast was created for adult audiences only. Listener and reader discretion is advised as we sometimes dive into difficult and triggering content, such as graphic depictions of violence, frank portrayal of sexuality, discussion of mental illness, and existential struggle. It might be a lot to take in, so if you need a breather, take a break or come back later. We'll be here for you. Hey guys! So welcome back! Yeah! (laughs) How's everyone doing today? I'm really sick. Oh, that's no fun. Being sick is literally the worst feeling ever. But when you're sick, you have plenty of time to lounge there and listen to audiobooks. Most people, you've got Mm -hmm. other work to do. But I recommend audiobooks when sick because they require no effort. Yeah, Yeah, it's definitely a good choice. I will say I did finish um, King of Scars on audiobook and it was great never read it that's the third installation in the Grishaverse the Um, one about Nikolai Lansov nice yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of books in that in her universe it's hard to keep track of them all I don't keep up with the Grishaverse (laughs) I mean I've read one book of the Grishaverse. That's it. So, Well, today we're talking about Black History Month reads. And as far as I know, Lee Bardugo is not in that category. No. <laughs> I so, don't I, yeah, no, I didn't, didn't think she was. I don't know. I've never seen... I, I don't recall ever seeing a picture of her, so I, I legit don't know. No, she's white. She's white as can be. She's actually Israeli. Israeli-American. Oh. I stand corrected. I've never actually seen a picture of her, so... See? I just... Even if I saw a picture of authors, usually I'm like, hmm, I don't know. Like, Colleen Hoover can cross my path like a picture of her, but if I don't have a contact, I'll just think blonde chicken and keep moving. I don't remember stuff like that. I'm very bad at it. Certain authors will stand out to me, certain people, but putting names to faces, don't ask me to do that. <laughs> Same. So on the Black History... <clears throat> front i know one of the bigger authors of color well she's not a big author of color i think what just came out might actually be her debut but i don't Mm -hmm. know if y'all seen this want running around tiktok yet but we're all so good at smiling by amber mcbride i don't know it sounds somewhat familiar but i've never i don't think i've read it i have not it sounds good though it just came out earlier this month and i found it through tiktok and I'm thinking this might be her debut novel. It's a book told in verse, and it has the most beautiful cover that 2023 has produced so far. Out of all the bad things that have come out of Book Talk this month, this this oh cover is gosh. gorgeous. It was a cover buy for me. But yeah. it's told in verse, and it is a YA novel talking about what it's like to both experience trauma and how it is that trauma can skew your perception of reality. Mm -hmm. And so you follow the main character, 
And as the story goes on, you kind of have to piece together through allegory what it is that's really happened to her. And you're also going along on her journey of like how she's overcoming it. So this traumatic thing has happened in the past, but she views it in a completely different light. So Mm -hmm. it's got her friend, Fairy, which I thought was adorable. Her name is Whimsy. Her name is Whimsy. Oh, I love that. Her friend is Fairy. And when I first like read it, I was sitting there like, wait, what? Yeah. You have to stop and pay attention to it. You have to read it with some thought or nothing's going to make sense. It's one of those books. Yeah. Oh, I love I love books like that, that you just have to kind of sit down and really like pay attention to what you're reading. I noticed you- that the comps for it is um, everyone dies at the end and the bell jar. Yes. I've not read the bell jar, though. It's on my eventually one day I will do that list. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I feel like TBR list gets so long at this point. It's like I don't even write things down anymore. If it's meant to be, it will the the universe will find a way to loop it back to me and I'll get to it then, maybe. Yeah. yeah so that's same. Fun. That's yeah. one of the newest things I know that's come out so far this year. I'm trying to think what else to try. I'm trying to find my list, but I apparently am not good at technology or multitasking, so. Um. Well, another one I have to mention, this is a children's lit book, but it goes Mm -hmm. in relevance of, as of the recording of this episode, what it is that's going on in my hometown. I don't know. I know the BBC has covered this story. I don't know what kind of news you've gotten about it in Canada. Um, but there was another incidence of police brutality that resulted in somebody's death here in Memphis, Tennessee. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm staying away from the body cam footage. Um, and it's that's a horrible situation. Oh, goodness. It is. And I can go on a whole other tangent about it, considering it's my hometown is happening in. But there is a children's lit book called Something Happened in Our Town. Uh, And it's a child's story about racial injustice. And it's told from a child's perspective. They're sitting around when something like this is happening in their town. But you're seeing it from a child's point of view, how you don't fully understand it. But if you read it as an adult, you you can put the pieces together and see what's happening. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big advocate for child lit obviously it's yeah, one of my no, things it's, it's a good it's a good genre i feel like more kids need to be taught about some of these things that we're experiencing firsthand um within society because you're in such a formative developmental phase of your life that it's good to be taught like some things that are being are being done are not they're not good so we need to change these things and for the better and when to teach them other than when they're children, like the best time. Like, who is it who I just recently saw um, this like tweet that's been going around? I think it was Stephen King, where he's like, just a friendly reminder, kids. Anytime you see your school banning books, it's like, that's your, your reminder to go run to the library or a bookstore and see what they're banning. From an ex teacher's perspective, when you, when you, to me, all I can think is 
if you ban a book and tell a kid, hey, you can't read this, it's banned, their first instinct's going to be to want to read the book. Even if they don't read, they're going to be like, yeah, well, watch me. But also, too, even here in, where I don't live in Tennessee, but I'm from Tennessee and I'm very close to it. That's one of the big things that happens when you ban books. The first things they're going to go for are anything kind of aiming at racial equality or the LGBTQ community in my area. Mm-hmm. So pretty much if a book comes out and it gets big in either of those categories, I guarantee there's going to be a group of some people probably right next door to me saying why we shouldn't read it. Mm-hmm. Which is also why I'll be at the library like, hey, I got a book you should read. <laughs> right? Yes, rebel librarian. <laughs> fight, fight the system from the inside. Exactly. Oh, goodness. Well, I think there's something significant to be said about the burning of books, whether that's metaphorically or physically, is that when we remove education from society, we allow for more the ability to be controlled to seep in because Mm -hmm. we're not able to think critically about life. Exactly. It's easier to control a populace when, you know, they're not educated. So that's the first thing you got to do when bringing down a society. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That's why I don't like it when they try to control you. Another book that's come out. Did it come out this year? I'm very bad with release dates. I think it just came out in January. Highly Suspicious and Unfairly Cute by Talia Hibbert. Mm Mm-hmm. I know. See, she's already looking for it. I know you're a Talia (laughs) fan. (laughs) She she ran straight to her keyboard for that one. (laughs) It's just I love Talia Hibbert books. They're the best. She's so good at writing cozy romance. And you were right. It came out on January third of twenty twenty three. Yeah, it was on. I believe my like January list because it's um. I'm gonna order it in the next day or two. I only order books once a month. She's British. Oh, she's British. Oh, I love. Oh, it's on sale on Amazon right now. This one, see, I I have the Chloe Brown books. I haven't read them, but I have Mm -hmm. them. But this one caught my eye because. The female main character, Celine, is a com- is conspiracy theory obsessed, and I just oh, want to see. Oh, that doesn't sound like anyone we know. <laughs> I just want to see how that is played out. Right, exactly. And apparently, she likes. She also writes paranormal romances. I'm like, yes, please. How did you not hear about the Talia book? I knew about that one last year before it came out. I haven't been paying enough attention to new releases. I think um, I've really kind of been following very... There's only a few authors that I've been paying attention to. And I feel like I should be paying attention to more. So I now have this that I need to go and buy without my husband finding out. Because I'm on a (laughs) self-imposed book buying ban. But... uh... That'll be going on the shelf uh, shortly. Book buying bans just set you up for failure. They really do. It's not like a real book buying ban. It's just more of a like, I can only acquire my books through like 
thrifted means. So I can't buy like new books. I this year I've never done a book buying ban on myself because I know I'm gonna fail. But this year for Lent, I'm going to budget my book buying because I don't I don't have a budget for my books that I buy. This year I'm going to budget it and see how long that lasts. And Lent goes from end of February till mid March April. So we'll see. <laughs> Forty days. How few books can Becca buy? Right. No, I have I have a budget on what I can spend. But I told my husband, I was like, and this is probably really cheating. It's going to maybe make some people mad. Some people won't care. I have a budget. So out of my normal paycheck, I can only spend X amount of dollars. But if I happen to come into money through other means in that time frame, it's free game. <laughs> so if Becca all of a sudden has an OnlyFans, we know what it's for. Yeah. Well, the universe threw me a curveball because I have some roof repairs that have to be done now. So I'm like, mm. okay then. Yikes! I Those hate when life gets in the way. <laughs> right? Ooh, speak to right. Becca and her reading interest. This past week, I found "Taken by the Horns" by Blaise Moreau, which is for our monster-loving readers. It is a people of color monster romance because when i was thinking of this episode and trying to think okay which, which would be the best books to talk about i was like you know what i i haven't encountered a lot of diverse monster romance like ruby dixon has some diverse women and stuff in her characters but as far as like other authors i could not for the life of me think of any of them well and um i, I never say her last name right nascosta 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 Nacosta? Um, Morning Glory Milking Farm. Was she not? Birthday. Maybe. Species diverse, maybe, instead of human. The species diverse. doesn't count in monster genre. <laughs> we're talking we're talking about the human cohorts. <laughs> They're monsters. We're gonna blame it on the Benelin. I played it straight. <laughs> Uh, oh my goodness but yeah that was a minotaur story it also has a gorgeous cover and it was hilarious because spoiler not spoiler but obviously human woman's dating a monster has to figure out at some point that he's a monster because this isn't a world where that's just a thing like cambric creek you just know they're there um mm -hmm. so she sees him for the first time in like his his minotaur form and he has his horns and he's freaking out and running into shit all over his house and getting his horns stuck in the wall and she stops for a moment and laughs she's like I don't think I'm even gonna have to beat you your house is gonna do it for you <laughs> I will right? say you're right that cover is stunning I uh I just looked at it on Goodreads it is a gorgeous cover I'm really sad that Kindles don't have color ability doesn't it really some covers are just gorgeous the really I... fancy ones do i think the fire does yeah there's there's one of the one of the devices that does show you color the other one doesn't i don't remember if it's the newer or the older one. Oh, it's definitely not like the, the amazon kindle paper whites so it must it's... be the kindle fire maybe it must be their older version which is kind of stupid that they changed it to black and white because i want the color 
I remember, I mean, I had a Kindle back in like 2013 and it was black and white, but I read on the Kindle app and it's got color. So. Mm-hmm. It's just annoying. Oh, another one we have to talk about. It's children's lit again. Sorry mm-hmm. to do that to y'all. But this one's important. Actually, there's two children lists that are really important. There's mm-hmm. Dear Reader by Tiffany Rose. Mm-hmm. I think I told it, talked about it for a second last season. But it is a little girl of color. She's the narrator of the story. She's the one talking through the through the story. But her basic question throughout the entire thing is, I really love books, but why don't I see more main characters mm-hmm. like me? Why don't we have black mermaids? Why don't we have black astronauts? You know, mm-hmm. where's the rule written that says they can't look this way? It's basically this young girl sitting there like, why is it that, you know, the heroines of the story and stuff don't look like me? Which is not what I thought that book was going to be about. And if you like go into it blind and start reading it, it kind of hits you in the middle and you're like, whoa, wait, what? I adored it. I got it from the library and then I bought a copy for myself. It was was a really good one. I love it when you can have, you can find stories like that in children's books because I think it's so important to teach children like at such a young age to that, like that it's okay to see more than just one type of character in a book and that you should be able to see yourself in a book regardless of what your skin type is or um whether you're a girl or a guy like just in general you should be able to see yourself represented in stories and i love it when they have kids things like that well it was a couple of years ago when even the trad route was very big on calling out for own voices and diverse voices which could be a tangent we can get off on because they still didn't do it in the best of ways but you know, that was really all they were going for. I think that was when Blood Magic, Blood Mark. Which which one's the first one? What series? Oh, are you talking about Tracy Dion or LaSalle Sambury? Because there's Legend Born by uh, Tracy Dion, mm-hmm. and then there was Blood Like Magic. Blood by Like Magic. Sanbury. That's the one. Blood Like Magic. The one that just had like a sequel come out last year. Yeah, both her and Tracy released book twos. Uh, LaSalle's came out in November, which is Blood Like Fate. And then um, I think Bloodmarked came out in September. I remember people being really confused when they were looking for it in stores because they were expecting it to find it on the book talk table. And it was not on the book talk table mm-hmm. because of whatever decisions it was in stacks and piles in the back of the store and so there's a lot of conversations around why is a prominent novel by a black author that's seen tons of success online not being showcased Mm -hmm. on its own release day in store i mean i could answer that but we're gonna start a lot of controversy if i do (laughs) or um Another book I remember reading, um, just it came out a couple years ago now, so it wasn't like <clears throat> it's not new, new, but it's newer. Um, it's called A Song of Wraiths and Ruin, and it's basically like it, it's inspired by um, Western North African folklore or folk tales. Um, I found it really good. I think there's a sequel to it. I haven't read the sequel yet, um, but that was really good, and it was really interesting to see uh, a story that was mainly 
people of color. Like that was pretty much all of the characters you saw in that story, which was nice to see something like a, a different perspective of things. There's a lot of things I didn't know about. Like there's, I, it was a while ago I read it, but just seeing everything that was inspired by their folks. I think the main character had like silver hair. I'm like, this is so cool. Like you've, I've never, like never heard of a main character having this color hair before. And it was just really interesting to see how like the fantasy in it was just really interesting. I recommend checking it out if you like fantasy. Another one, have y'all heard of the remixed classics? It's not necessarily a series together, but they're kind of like their own little collection. It sounds familiar. They've taken like classic stories, but they've remixed them. And all the ones I've seen so far are all told from now diverse perspectives. Like the one I've read is Self-Made Boys, which takes Great Gatsby and makes it a trans story. And Nick Carraway ends up being of Latino background. Uh, That's the Mm -hmm. one I've read. The other one that's sitting here... No, that's Withering Heights. The other one, the one I'm thinking of though, is So Many Beginnings, which is a Little Women remix. And instead of having your group of, I mean, for lack of a better word, instead of having your group of white girls, it's four young black sisters during the American Civil War mm-hmm. um, being retold. And then I believe also mm-hmm. in March, the Jekyll and Hyde one is coming out, and that's going to be um, a YA retelling of Jekyll and Hyde. But I'm thinking. From the book cover, that he's going to be retold as an African American. That's what it looks like based on what I'm looking on their website. Yeah, they, I love when you you can. I like it when you can take tales and twist them and make them different because I don't know something about them. Just I like it. how they're taking like classic stories that have been around and lit forever and that like you know even academia is like oh this is a great work of art blah blah but they're retelling them with more diverse characters in them mm-hmm. even though the original Wuthering Heights most people don't know this but Wuthering Heights by Bronte uh Heathcliff is not white he's not exactly. a white man yeah everyone thinks that he is white and I'm like mm, nope Nope, he is definitely not white. It's not blatantly said just because of who wrote it and when it was written, but he is not a white man. If you know the like things to look for within that type of writing in that time, the coded language. Yeah, the coded language. Mm-hmm. You can you can definitely tell. You're like, oh, this man was not a white man, but she didn't ever say he was not a white man because like she's not gonna say that because of the time period she's writing in and also being a woman author back then was like a very that was a big thing to come by and like they'd find anything to scrutinize you with pretty much but then also too it would have just made it even more scandalous that uh the main character the woman whose name i don't remember i read a lot of books uh would want to run away with a man of color mm-hmm. leave her little Be like oh husband. othello her for shakespeare othello and shakespeare is not a, a white man I remember that rocking my world when I was 14. We went to Stratford, Ontario, hometown of the Beams himself, mm-hmm. uh, for their they have a world famous uh, play week of like festivals and plays that go on. And we went down to go see Othello, and it was there that I was like, wait a minute, what? And 
I remember it being shocking for me, and it, I mean, it shouldn't be shocking, but again, it's that coded language. It's mm-hmm. being able to pick out what the the subtext is when an author says, oh, he's from the Moors, or he's a Moor. Well, that's how they refer to individuals from the Middle East in that era. Mm-hmm. It's just it's interesting these things you find out about books that you might not have known if you hadn't like taken the time to really dig deep into them. It's just it's fascinating how many things we missed. Well, it depends on who wrote it and when it was written. Sometimes you had to be subtle about it. Although even in modern writing, I prefer when writers don't necessarily come right out and say like, "Oh, let's line her up and explain exactly." all her characteristics in this one paragraph. I like it better when it's kind of like sprinkled in throughout the telling. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. I will say I there is an appreciation for authors like uh, Katie Robert that is like, she was a black woman, an average looking white woman. Like sometimes you don't need the the detail, if that makes sense. You know, that I can appreciate the author being straightforward. I think it depends on, again, like time period too. Like you got to look at the fact that, like we were saying earlier, you know, back then, like women like Jane Austen, like the Bronte sisters, like if they were to say things like, oh, like she was, she was going after a man of color, people would be like, oh, how scandalous. Like, oh, you don't do that kind of thing. Um, Or they would make a really big deal. But nowadays, it's like, that shouldn't be a problem. It shouldn't be a problem to say, like, oh, yeah, like, I'm going to include a person of color in my story, even though I'm not a person of color. And I think it's good to have that representation. Yeah, but Book Talk 2, and I think it's going on, like, right now. Then again, does it ever stop on, can people not of that color write a character of that color? And there's all these takes on it, which I get the takes on it. Yeah. And there is a line there you have to draw um for certain stories but i mean i've heard it from both sides people are like we want you to try and write people of other color even if you're not them because but like do your research make sure you're writing it properly you know sensitivity readers black people's trauma oh exactly you should never use tragedy to try and profit from but your all your characters shouldn't just be white you know or they all shouldn't just be like like you want dimension to your writing and I think it's good to have diversity within it. But also, if you don't clearly state, apparently, <laughs> uh, the race of, sort of like your characters, some people will just assume that they're white. I've gotten that as an author myself. Uh, which is the one? What's the one? Immortel. Immortel is, I mean, I guess it's not necessarily under the realm of diverse, but it's claimed as... I've seen a review where people claim there's like no people of color in it. And I'm like, did you read it close enough? Because the whole band of misfits, only two of them are white and there's like five of them. <laughs> yeah. I did pick that up when I read through it. <laughs> well, you, you, you can't skim over things. And I think sometimes people will skim over certain words or they'll read so fast that they're just not even really paying attention to what's actually going on. And then you're like, well, did you actually read what the text said? Did you read the descriptions? Like, it was there. You just have to actually look for the, like, you have to read every word that's there because it's there for a reason. You can't just 
skim over it and then be like, oh, there was no no people of color. Like, they're all white. Like, no, they're not. They're, well, they're there's not. something to be said, I think, too, of like a white reader reading a book through a white person's lens and mm -hmm. automatically making that blanket assumption that all the characters are white unless explicitly identified as other, which... Mm -hmm shouldn't have to happen like the author shouldn't need to be this person is black mm -hmm. this person is latinx this person is asian like they shouldn't have to do that mm -hmm. in order for white readers to recognize that there are other identities in their their books or authors will like put pictures of like car cartoons or people on the books to try and you know give them an idea of like this person has a different skin color and people are like well I don't like I don't like people on the front of my books I'm like okay however maybe that's that's the way the author was trying to make it obvious you know see I'm 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 different like when it comes to a race situation I don't usually have that problem it's it's genders I'll read somebody and I'll think they're one thing and then turn around and realize they never were. Right. And it's not even when I encounter like trans characters in books. For some reason, I don't know why. I don't know why. It's weird. I can sit there and read something and I'll think they're female the whole time and then turn around and be like, no, they've been, you know, non-binary or no, nah, that's been a dude the whole time. And I'm like, wait, yeah. what? <laughs> I, I will say I've, um, I've fallen into that too sometimes where it's like, because names nowadays are so... Or there's a lot of gender-neutral names that you're just like, are you a boy? Are you a girl? Are you other? Like, what are you? Um, so you, you go based on what your best guess, and then you find out, oh, it's not always the case. So it's it's uh, it can be... The, air, the waters can be a little gray sometimes, and it's differentiating that can be a little bit difficult if, if you can't spot all the things that the author is trying to put in there for you. I'm trying to pull out. We haven't talked about any rom coms, and I'm trying to pull out the rom coms Wait. I know. Um, There's I, one that I, I absolutely adored, and I can't find. Hold on, we're just gonna look it up. I haven't read it yet, but I got it as a Christmas gift. Um, why was it? I can't remember what it's called. Um, I think it's like Set on You or something. Let me. Yeah, Set on You by Amy Leah. Um. It people say like the main the the main male character is like a reminiscent of like a very Chris Evans type person, and I'm like, well, it's Chris Evans. Like y'all know, I gotta pick it up. I can't not read it. Um, and she's um, I believe she's like a what is her character? Like she's not white. She's Asian of sort. Or, um, and she's this like this plus size influencer, like fitness influencer. So I'm excited to read it. It's it's literally the influencer number one in the series. So I'm excited to pick that one up because it looks really good. And it's like they they like the two of them fight over the same spot in the gym. And it kind of feels like there's gonna be like an enemies to lover kind of kind of thing going on there. So I'm excited to read that. Mine, it came out, was it last year? Because 21 and 22, like combined themselves yeah, in my was, brain this was it's called digging up love by chandra bloomberg Ooh. and 
it was so cute. You have the woman who's helping run a family restaurant and taking care of her grandparents. And then Mm -hmm. the leading male is an archaeologist and they find dinosaur bones in her backyard. So the moment you talked about archaeology, I was like, sold. (laughs) There for it. Because any science reference, I'm like, yes, we're going to try this out. Right. You love your science, which I mean, I get if you have a passion, you're going to you're going to look look for it. Another one, these two are on my like immediate get to TBR in the next like week or two. The band Bookshop of Maggie Banks by Shauna Robinson. Uh, I don't fully know what this story is about. I'm going to tell you that right now. It was covered by because it said band bookshop and I was here for it. <laughs> right? Anytime you use the word band, Becca's just like. It takes so little for me to pick up a book. <laughs> it really does. It it really does. It's just give me like a word or a picture and I'm like sold. I did that earlier on Discord. Someone mentioned a book and I was like, add to cart. Was that me? No, it was I think it's like a queer fae. No, it's a queer alien book oh, of some sort. I know who's, that, who who yeah, that was it today? Yeah. That was today, right? Okay. That was today. All I know about it, it's queer aliens, and she said it's like imagine ice playing barbarians, but queer. And I was like, Yes, I'm here for it. So mm-hmm. add to cart. Anyways, <laughs> the band bookshop of Maggie Banks. Uh, the back of it says, I, Maggie Banks, solemnly swear to uphold the rules of cobblestone books. If only I, Maggie Banks, cared about following the rules. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, or uh, another one I want, I really want to read. Um, It's called, I want to see if this is in the technically like diverse uh, character. Would the American Roommate Experiment... Yeah, she like she goes to New York for I don't know where she's from. Um, because then there's also like there's also the Spanish roommate experiment. Like, I think is one of is one of the ones as well. I'm not too sure. I'm just going through like the Goodreads anticipated releases, um, and there's one that caught my eye called The Neighbor Favor. And it's kind of like the, um, it's by Christina Forrest. And it sounds like it's one of those books where it's like, hey, be a date to this wedding for me. Mm-hmm. And it says shy bookworm, so I'm going to add to card. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, yeah, yeah, any- so it's like fake dating kind of thing, which I know is one of Mia's favorites. Uh, yes as well (laughs) i will be checking that one out for sure i don't know when it comes out exactly it doesn't say it just says february so i wish i could give you guys a date but it will be coming out february 28th so the end of february yes another one that's on my immediate tbr is called for all time by shauna miles this one sounds like it's gonna break my heart but in a good way but Mm-hmm. Apparently, you have these two people, Tamar and Fayard, who've, like, lived multiple lifetimes. And, like, each lifetime they live, they have to... I don't know if they're already together or if they have to find each other. I don't know how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. But it's, what like, is told... called again? For All Time by Shauna Miles. Like, I haven't read it, so I can't give, like, a clear perspective yet on, like, how it takes place. But it's, like, you have these two people 
who are going through different lifetimes together. So, okay, so the blurb on the front says, Together, Tamar and Fayard have lived a thousand lives, seen the world build itself up from nothing only to tear itself down again in civil war. They've even watched humanity take to the stars. But in each life, one thing remains the same. Their love and their fight to be together. One love story after another. The only issue is they never get to see how their story ends. That sounds horribly tragic. It sounds like it's going to... Yeah. I was like looking for things to read today because I have like a immediate read soon TBR pile and I was looking for things to add and I found this in my shelves. I don't know when I bought it or from where. I just saw the spine and I was like, that looks pretty. Right. <laughs> I love it. So. I I do the same thing where it's like covers. I see covers and I'm like, that's a pretty cover. I'm going to go check this book out and probably read it. Um, and I love it when people do uh, what's it called? Like they take adaptations of books. Like there's, I'm seeing a couple here that I found, um, Pride, Prejudice, and Other Flavors by Sonali Dev. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm gonna have to read that one. <laughs> it's just, yes, uh, I'm basically that. Where if I see a cover that's pretty, it's like add to cart. <laughs> for those diehard book nerds, it just takes so little for us to, to oh, really gosh. want to buy something. <laughs> Like someone like, say it's oh, a problem. Shiny and flashy. I will say, from a diversity perspective, there is a book coming out that I am extremely interested in. I have not read it. You guys are familiar with RF Quag. Have you read The Poppy War or Babel? I've heard I've about it. I haven't read. Okay, same here. I Babel seems really intimidating size wise. And I mm-hmm. just so I haven't been able to read it. But R.F. Kuang is putting a book out in February called Yellow Face. And it Mm. is, from what I can, looks like, from what I can tell, it's about the story of a white writer who steals the manuscript of a recently deceased Asian American author and passes it off on uh, as their own. Oh. Why does that sound like something that could actually happen, though? It feels like something very true to life that we would see happen because I feel like we've seen a lot of plagiarism and whitewashing of other people's content Mm -hmm. um, through TikTok and social media. So I think it just seems, it feels like it's aptly timed in this day and age for a story like this to come out. It's called Yellow Face and it comes out in February. Yeah. That's going to be an interesting... I lied. It's not February. It says May 16th. Apologies. They probably moved the release date just like they did for Rajal's Resonance, which was supposed to be out in two days, and now we have to wait another month. I am so disappointed. I'm so sad. <laughs> I just want Rajal to have his happy ending. Oh, I'm that's trying think. I'm trying to see what I can think of in other genres that we haven't mentioned yet with Okay, so there's um, Peckham, the ones who wrote Zodiac Academy, wrote, not the Royals of Forsyth, um, The Brutal Boys of Everlake for my bully romance people. It's a why choose bully romance. It does take place in a high school, but you know, they're conveniently all 18. 
uh oh, conveniently just just to forewarn people who don't like that there's a lot of people that they you say high school bully romance and they're like i'm good um one of the ma- leading males like in fact the head honcho of the little why choose group uh is african-american so his name is saint i adore him because he is like ocd very particular and i was like i wish i lived with someone like that I mean, I don't would I would I call myself OCD at sometimes yes, so I can understand. <laughs> oh goodness, it's like anytime I go on Goodreads, and I have like I see it, like my friends' things they're reading or want to read, I'm like, well, there's another one to add to the TBR pile. I'm gonna be very busy for the next who knows how long. So many, there's so many good books, you know, so many good books that. Sorry, I'm going through my TBR to see what is on my list that uh, I want to read that I haven't read yet that I want to recommend. And it's like every every paycheck I have to decide, okay, what books am I actually going to be able to buy this time? Like, because I can't buy them all all at once because like I would be entirely broke if I did that. So it's like picking the ones you're going to buy to eventually read is always like the toughest decision because you're like, I feel like I'm choosing children. <laughs> I'm like picking favorites. Oh. Some of you may die, but that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Oh goodness. Like I can't pick a favorite book. Not when it comes to books, I can't. I just see I will continually tell people my favorite book is Pride and Prejudice because I cannot pick any other one because like just oh that's too much that's too hard. We're going to stick with that one for, I mean, I have current favorites where it's like at that time I'm hyper fixated on certain books and like in the moment, yes, those will be my favorite, but yeah. I see you added on Goodreads earlier, Mia, that you want to read two of the books I'm reading right now. <laughs> the Alina Jacobs. Well, she's such a good author that it's like, I want to, I- I have like I have a few of on my Kindle right now through Kindle Unlimited and I'm just like more more please <laughs> oh. Britt Brit, you were asleep for the the uh, smart girls don't kiss aliens fiasco of today but it, take Ice Planet Barbarians okay but they managed to get off not Hoth and come back to Earth and the aliens hitch a ride so now you have Sakwi like aliens on planet Earth and it is hilarious. Like right before I want we started, this. yes, right before we started recording, uh, she like hold up condom wrapper and she's like, "Do you know what this is?" And he looks at it. He's like, "A ramen noodle spice <laughs> packet." <laughs> You're like, oh, close, sweet but no, boy. sweet boy. You got the spice <laughs> spice part right, but nothing else. <laughs> Yeah, when I started reading it, I was it was it sounded so much like a Ice Plant Barbarian knockoff. That for a second, I was like, "Do I want to read this?" Did she like literally, like you can't knock off Dixon? Like that's just a no no. But she flipped no. it into something else, and it, it's it's hilarious. I'm not gonna lie, I've been playing around in my head with an idea of like, how could I write an alien romance like that? Could I do that? I'm nowhere near prepared enough for it, but the thought has been, the seed has been planted. I have considered. Perhaps I, think after, I, 
think after my monster spree of this year, next year I'm going. I have a I have a why choose mafia story that I keep thinking about. So maybe twenty four will be my mafia my years. Yes, another book. No, it's not a. It's not for this one. My goodness, you just you we. I love how we just have like endless recommendations for books in I will general. say the one book the only book I guess that I've been able to kind of read over the last couple of weeks is Obsidian Feathers which we'll be doing another episode in March talking about a little bit closer to its release date where we'll also be talking to the author um, Nemi and talking about that and that's kind of an indigenous take on some dark romance fantasy which has been pretty good i have really been enjoying where i'm at so far i think i'm halfway through and this is taking me a really long time because i'm sick yeah it's always hard when you're sick and you want to read but then you just can't get your brain that right frame of mind to like take in what is i have to like read a page and then go back (laughs) three pages because i'm like wait what did i read again and it's then the read worst. it, and then you read those three pages, and then you have to go back three pages. It's <laughs> it's not fun. Not making a lot of progress. But, but I would say if you're wanting to diversify your reading, and I saw someone put up some really good tips on say you're looking to be more diverse in your reading and reading more books by people of color, like I am. Um read stuff in your genre read stuff in the genre that you like so if you like romance read romance books written by authors of color if you like fantasy read fantasy if you like horror horror you know it don't pick up a book just because it's written by a person of color right pick it up because you genuinely are interested in it and want to read it and read within the genre that interests you and i think that that was really great advice that i saw on the clock app earlier this week in preparation for uh black history month yeah i think that's a great idea if you look around they're there you can't unfortunately go off like big publishers marketing and things like that because as as barnes and noble showed us they won't they won't tell you about them. No, it's it's sad that there's such a... Like, there's so many people out there that have these great stories that they've they've put into, into words and into these books. And, come like, traditional publishing has made it impossible for them to, like, really reach the scope of people they want to reach. And it's sad that our society is like this sometimes. Because they have really good stories that should be, you know, made known to others. It just sucks that society is the way it is sometimes. I think that's also why it's important to rate and review the books that you read on exactly. your preferred platform. Mm-hmm. So if you're using Goodreads, if you like a book and you've read it and you have moved it from your reading to your red shelf, Give it a rating. You don't maybe don't leave a full review if you're not ready to leave a review, but at least rate it. You know, that shows up in your newsfeed and people that follow you will see that you've read that and give a little bit more visibility to maybe an author that doesn't 
benefit from the traditional publishing marketing sphere. Mm-hmm. Same goes for Amazon. Like, if you've read something on Kindle or Kindle Unlimited, rate it there, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not hard. Becca can tell you how important ratings and reviews are to independent authors. Yep. They're like your lifeboat. Sometimes they're just amusing. <laughs> I love the stories you bring to us about some of the reviews that you get. Because it seems like you're one of those authors who doesn't get, you don't get hurt or offended or butt hurt by what people say, even if they're not the greatest reviews, which I love because I wish that more people were like that and just were like, you know, it's not personal. It's and like your book um but just some of the like reactions you have just always give me a chuckle it's great it's because becca understands that reviewer spaces are for reviewers and she doesn't yeah. get all up in their business yeah. like, you got Wait. soft emotions this is not your field because <laughs> right? especially people hiding behind screens on the internet will eviscerate you for no other reason than to amuse their own selves like it's not personal so don't take it personal because well, and it's easy to do that because no one's policing you on the internet. But how are we feeling, ladies? I'm excited to to read some of these books. I I am too. I really am going to make more of an effort to read more diverse books this year. So yeah, I, me too. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where I'm at at the end of December when it comes time to do my tallies and roundups. I'm surprised I've managed to read at least 10 books this far. Oh, I'm very behind. I'm only at four. <laughs> hey, it's okay. I mean, I'm sure you'll, there'll be time later in the year where you have... Right, you have all the time. Yeah, we'll right, see. right. <laughs> like last year, 50 in the first month. And I'm like, okay. How? I don't know. The book world <laughs> got hit with a 2023 hit and the, all the books fear just... It Some just... Of- even i got hit with it and i'm like come on some of the book drama in like within the first month of this year has just been like mind-boggling i'm just like it's because we're all in a slump we're not we're all in a slump they're not reading new things to talk about so they're just digging up old crap just to have something to talk about right and it's like i didn't realize that the book talk world could be this could be this way at times to be fair, there was some real wild stuff happening. Yeah. I mean, everything that went down with Susan Meacham and then... You know, Arthur uh, coming back from the dead. And then the stalking of reviewers. Like, there's a lot of a lot of wild stuff, but a lot, a lot of uh, old stuff. You're, you're right. That got dug up. For Somehow sure. unearthed again. And it really sucks. I really hope that February people can keep their shit to themselves so that yep. we can hear from all of the amazing TikTok creators that yep. are going to be recommending books and doing breakdowns and, you know, talking like- about what it's like being a black author and supporting diverse, uh, diverse stories. So hope February can keep itself together. Hopefully. It's like what your mama told you when you were a kid. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Facts. Just Facts. Our mamas didn't that's... have the internet. Just keep it in your mouth. In your, just... 
Back, uh, yes, <laughs> our parents did not have the internet. Could you imagine? I don't it's know what I would oh. know. I think if my mother had the internet at 24, I'd be like, oh god. It's like it's even more important now to not say mean things because they will not they will haunt you for years to come it's the internet nothing goes away on the internet nope it just gets buried so be a good human yeah exactly that's a a, uh, word of advice from an author to people who ever public want to publish anything even if you haven't published anything right now you should still keep yourself in check because they will dig it up later they'll find it if it's gonna if it's gonna hurt your reputation or if you would be if like say you eventually become out in the public eye and it's information that you would be highly embarrassed about just don't put it on the internet because they will find it there is a there is a picture of me when i was 17 year old uh still floating around the internet i'm not embarrassed by it people have tried but i mean I'm, okay we'll just put it this way there's a picture of me floating around the internet when i was 17 holding up a condom okay People try to scandalize me with it. And I'm like, yeah, so at least I knew what one was. But yeah. I'm 31 and that's still floating around. So just FYI, they will dig it up. Oh, nothing dies in the age of the internet. Nothing dies. Nope. So be careful. Stay safe. Be a good human. And read more books. Diverse books to be in specific. Want more from the bookish bitches? Follow us on TikTok at Drinking Ink Pod Official for updates regarding our newest episodes, releases, and behind the scenes chaos, or send us an email at drinkinginkpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on all streaming platforms like Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also follow our hosts on their personal accounts located in the show notes, along with recommended reading lists and all the books we mentioned in today's episode. Stay thirsty, friends. 